With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 143 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one's dedicated to the world of boxing. Thank you very much for coming to join us. If this is the first time that you've joined us, uh, you can subscribe to our podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com. Um, and you can join us on all social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook, on the Twitter and on the Instagram. Make sure you come and have a little bit of a play with us because we do like to get stuck in at the weekend when it is fight night. Now, before we get to fight night, and there's quite a lot to talk about, whether it be British uh, and domestic or whether it be overseas with some fantastic world title uh, efforts at the weekend, five in total in the United States of America, which we'll get stuck into in a minute. I just want to do a little bit of a humble brag and no. This is nothing to do with being nominated for awards, which somebody tweeted me this week. <laughs> we have a new listener who tweeted me this week going, lads, this is the first episode that I've ever listened to. You lads obviously like to uh, blow your own trumpet talking about getting nominated for awards. No, we like to blow our own trumpet winning awards, brother. All right, but I'll just leave that there. I'm going to part that because this section is not about it. This is a different type of brag, okay? Because anybody that's got parents know that, sorry, anybody that's got children knows that it's, I know it's not like like an overtly big competition between you and your missus inside the house to win the affections of your children. It's not it's it's not obvious it's not obvious that that is what's going on, but there's a subliminal undercurrent between any father and any mother of any children that there is a little bit of competition. You want the kudos with your kids, okay? Now at the weekend, Friday night to be precise, it was school disco time. My four-year-old um, was invited to his first ever school disco. Now, my wife, for some reason, thought that she was going to be the chaperone. That's right. She thought that I was going to get palmed off with a little baby. You could do bath time. You could do all the all that type of carry-on on a Friday night sunshine. I'm off to the school disco with the boy because, obviously, I'm the coolest parent. This is what she said to me on Thursday. And I said, I'll tell you what, let the boy decide. That's what we'll do. Let the boy decide. Now, what she doesn't know is that during um, the school run, which I do, I do the, the evening school run, I pick him up from school, I just kept dropping those subliminal hints. <laughs> I've been working on this for weeks, have there, there might have been some milky buttons knocking about <laughs> in the car. There might have been a few things. We might have been doing some uh, dance routine practices whilst the wife wasn't in the house, okay? So I set this up perfect, set it up perfect. She comes on from work Friday, dead excited, thinking that she's going to go and get her new togs on to go to the school disco, show off in front of everybody with the boy. And he stopped her in his tracks. I didn't even prompt him. He stopped her in her tracks and said, Mom, I want Daddy to come with me. Should have seen face on it. Absolutely fuming she was. Fuming. She went, why, why do you want Daddy to come? Now, he is a mummy's boy. Yeah, yeah. She is quite obviously his favourite out of the two of us. 100% same in my house. He's played it good. He's yeah, played yeah. this particular section good. He said, I want daddy to come. Why do you want daddy to come? Daddy's the better dancer. Good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm not, but he, I've convinced him over a weekly period that I'm the better dancer. Now, to really back that up, my man, check this out. Obviously, within the school disco for four and five-year-olds, there's a section where the DJ or the entertainer says, go and get mummies and daddies, get them up on the dance floor, we'll all join in with some of these crazy little dances, as yeah. they do when you go to your all-inclusive holidays. Uh-huh. I'm sure we've all been there. Anyway, lad comes over, interrupts a conversation I'm having with someone and says, you've got to come up and dance with me, you've got to come up and dance with me. I go, oh, all right, then here we go. <laughs> Secretly, I'm thinking, can't wait. Now's my chance. <laughs> Here we go, David Brent style. Let's lo- let's lock this down. What did you have on? Did you have the full white suit on and everything? Oh, full, full kipper tie, full kipper tie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, DJ, they're playing some type of thing where it, it's it's it wasn't hokey cokey, but it was a bit like hokey cokey. How many times during the dance did they play the Gangnam style? By the way, surely that was dropped it popped a in a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was all stuff like you know, like back in the day when Black Lace used to do Superman. Mm-hmm. 
comb your hair. Yeah, all yeah, that type yeah. Of oh crack. God, I haven't heard that stuff. Yeah, but it was it wasn't that. Odd years. It was a song like that. Okay, right. So, but I think it was a new revamp. It was like a version. kids' participation type yeah, thing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So okay. the, the, this woman at the front, she's got the whole Madonna headset on. She thinks she's auditioning for X Factor, like giving it the big in. <laughs> all the kids are going crazy, and the mums and dads are at the side. Now, some of the mums and dads are a little bit shy and timid. You know, right? they're just playing along for the sake of playing Side stepping. Not big bollocks here, sunshine. Not big bollocks here, you know what I mean? I'm thinking to myself, I'm a performer. I'm a podcaster. I work on the radio. This is my time to shine, right? So up I get. I just look at the boy and I said, this is me and you now, all right? Give him the eyes. And I said, let's go for it. So he gets stuck in. I knew he was going in, right? (laughs) So I followed him in big time. Anyway, we did the dance. Next thing you know, there's a parting of the waves on the dance floor. Me and him dancing off with each other. Everybody's cheering, clapping. A little bit of a circle around us, getting stuck in. DJ rewarded me at the end. You're the, definitely the best dad dancer. There's a curly whirly son. Go on! <laughs> Results! Hey, you should have seen the face on the wife when I went home with Take my curly whirly. Oh, mate. <laughs> when I walked into that living room Friday night after school disco. <laughs> like the Olympic torch. The boy come in and she, he went, you'll never guess what, mum. Dad's the best dancer. Yeah, you've already told me. No, he really is the best dancer. And I come in with me Olympic curly whirly. <laughs> there you go, love. I'm the ba- I'm the bad boy on the on this street. There Brilliant. you go. There Lovely. you go, mate. There you go. So you've got a bit to live up to. Next yeah, when it's exactly. your boys and your girls, uh, 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 disco, Christmas disco and what have you, you've got to... I'll get stuck you got, in. You've got to represent that. Yeah, I'll get stuck in, definitely, yeah. Was it worth it? Was it worth spending it a night on the couch for the, uh, for the curly whirly and the victory? Absolutely, absolutely mate, because then... Spending the night on the couch, I got to watch a bit of uh, Next Gen, didn't I? Hey, Not as daft as I look. We go. Not as daft as I look. And obviously, Tash Jonas does the business. We'll speak about Tash in great length on tomorrow's show because with her being a scouser, we do a Merseyside specific boxing show. Uh, but she's just getting better and better, man. Let's speed her along. Let's get in there. Let's get them world titles. She's just beating a kid who's supposed to be challenged for a world title in a couple of months, isn't she? Well, exactly, yeah. But, you know, what you do now when the, when the, you know, the girl you face, well, sorry, the girl you obliterate again for another stoppage win has got a world title fight lined up in the next fight. Mm. She's supposed to be fighting for a world title in November, December, I think. But mm. again, Tash, she just looks like a completely different level to these girls. Mm. A completely different level. Mm. we kind of seen this a little bit with Nicola Adams and we're getting a hint of it with Katie Taylor as well, where you just think, these girls are just... The pedigree, it just takes them leaps and bounds ahead of most of these pros. And this is obviously why... Eddie Hearn was on this show telling us that next summer Natasha Jonas will fight for a world title in Liverpool mm. because she's at that level already. Uh, we'll talk about her in great length on tomorrow's show. I just want to touch upon uh, Reese Bellotti. He's oh. another kid that's been on our show. Um, really sound lad, loads of banter about him. We got stuck into him, so he's got the personality. He's got something there. Yep. It's all about now, obviously, delivering in the ring. And at the, at the weekend, I thought he were in a bit of trouble. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I was too, watching yeah. the fight thinking to myself, no, Step Reece. too soon, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Oh, no, maybe a bit of a step too far, this. But as I've said all along, as you've said all along, if you've got the equaliser, if you've got the power, you're always in every fight. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's going the wrong way, you're getting beat on the cards, you're getting beat, you're getting your head boxed off, as he was, I thought. Yeah. If you've got the equaliser, you can always win a fight. We've seen it with Derry on many occasions when he were outboxed against Tommy Coyle for 12 rounds and then all of a sudden, wallop, there you go, win the fight. And... Reese Bellotti not only has heavy hands, when he sniffs blood, he doesn't let you off. What a fantastic finish. Unbelievable finish. Absolutely unbelievable, as you say, when you've got that kind of power. Um, you know, it demands respect. And um, the thing with Reese as well, it doesn't look like someone that carries that kind of power that, it, that he's got. It looks like them. It looks like my paper lad. He really does. He looks like <laughs> butter wouldn't melt, doesn't he? Yeah. You yeah. know. And we, well, we give him stick on the show, didn't we, for being so good looking as well. But he can. Uh, he gets the job done. The kid gets the job done mm. in style. And what a, for me, it's just like wow. Where do we see him next? I, to be honest, I would love to see him fight Josh Warrington. I think that would be an amazing fight. Mm. But this featherweight division. Phew, Tidy, in it? There's some opponents out there, but this kid could be the sleeping giant. How good is the York Hall, by the way? I've spent many a night in your call, and you know, it's uh, Londoners will say it's an institution and everything else. When I think in most, Bethnal, in yeah, Bethnal, down Gwen. Bethnal Green, San, in it. Come on, San, jelly deals and all that. <laughs> there is actually a jelly deals place across the way, yeah, as yeah. You, outside the tube station. Well, tube overground uh, train station. As you come out of there, there's a little pa- pie and mash gaff. Exactly. Yeah. There, as you walk up the street, jelly deals, San, in it. 
Mm. But it's it's uh, the atmosphere that you generate in there. That balcony that literally hangs over the ring is tremendous, and it's just an old it's an old swimming pool, it's yeah. an old Victorian swimming bath. Well, that's, that's on a squash. That's on a squash court, isn't it? It's a squash court now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So underneath the the wood of the squash court, apparently, is still the old swimming pool. Wow! They covered it over and made it into squash, into badminton mm. or squash courts or whatever it is. Mm. It's just they've got a wooden floor on it now, but obviously it's uh, it's steeped in boxing history. And you know, Tash was saying it to us. You know, it's like ticking something off when you're a pro. Tick it off. Fought at your call. Yep, big tick. But uh, I I think that's a perfect destination for next gen shows as well. Yeah, the um, changing room thing makes me laugh at your call because it is like that old swimming pool uh, yeah. changing room stuff these guys are obviously used to going to these big arenas like the echo and uh, o2 and manchester arena where it's all kitted out for pop stars like rihanna and yeah. what have you so you're used to the luxuries no 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 no. you just you're in corner son you're in corner and you're sharing a changing room with this person here you know there's your locker get on with it get your get your gloves on and get your gum shield and you're on in five like Rocky One, yeah? It Sitting is. next to each other. It's exactly like that. That's don't get your shower yet. The doctor's not here yet. <laughs> I remember years ago going to your call. I don't know who was boxing there. It might have been someone like Tony Dodson or someone. I was covering someone at the time and they were down there and they'd had their fight and then they didn't come out for about two hours later and stuff. And I was like, what What was the delay? And he was like, well, we were waiting for the showers to warm up. The showers? We were waiting for the showers to Class. warm up. Brilliant. No one put 50 pence in a meter. See, all this glamour, you're watching it on Sky Sports <laughs> yeah. on a Friday night. Nah, nah, there's no, there's no cold, there's no hot water yeah. for the shower. No one's, no one's put the boiler on. I'm sure it's changed now. I'm sure it's <laughs> yeah. changed now with these elite athletes. Um, now... What I did like about that as well, just on that point, I thought the referee's performance, the stoppage of Jason Cunningham was absolutely bob on. Mm. Great, great stoppage. They give him every chance in the world to recover, but the referee didn't let let him take too much. Now, the reason I mentioned that is because it's kind of a weekend of weird stoppages. There's some weird ones went on. Both in America and on this undercard as well. Did Mm. you see um, did you see this did you catch Eubank's son? That stoppage? That was kind of weird. Mm. Um it just seemed to be tagged once, and yeah. it was like the referee was was all over him. It, it was a weird one, you know. And obviously, he was remonstrating afterwards and that. And it did seem at, at this stage in his career, you know, they're both pretty much novices. It, 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 I don't know. I think the referee was a little bit all over that a little bit too soon. It was a bit. Of, it was a surprise, obviously, that he got stopped so early, but. Strange one. Strange weekend for stoppages. Mm. I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit later. Well, let's come back to World Boxing Super Series last because that's probably where the biggest statement is uh, this weekend as we're all getting excited now towards a semi-final between uh, Groves and Eubank Jr. Let's flip straight over to America because on Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning, there was five world title fights, two of which were just pointless, in my opinion. Um, And we'll talk about the first of those pointless fights. Santa Cruz-Avalos. Right now, you've just mentioned about weird stoppages. That yeah. was a weird stoppage. Yeah, for me, ridiculously premature. I thought Avalos was uh, all right. I don't think that uh, Santa Cruz had unloaded on him. Yeah, okay, he was getting beat, mm-hmm. but he hadn't unloaded on him. Had he, he weathered the storm. That yeah, four, yeah. he got through that fourth round. So for, that's why mm. when the, when he went at the end of the fourth, when he went to the corner and the, the, the Sky team were going, oh, you know, they're hugging him, they're, they're pulling him out. They were hugging him to say, you've done it, son. You've got through the fourth. He's just because he kind of emptied his tank, Santa Cruz, mm. and then he ran for five through five and six, and then into seven. He was back just pot shotting again. You know, he really went for that finish. Sky were right. He was trying to outdo what Carl Frampton had done and stop Avalos in the fourth round and he couldn't get him out of there. And I thought that was a it was a crazy stoppage because Avalos at that point, he'd been through worse. He'd survived worse early in the fight. Hmm. Why stop at that point? Yes, he was behind on the cards. It didn't look like he was going to get the finish, but you know, he's fighting the world number one. Give him every opportunity to get that finish. Hmm. It was a weird one. That Again, that was a weird stoppage. Did you see the fight before that as well? Like Eddie Ramirez. The kid, the uh, the, the, undefeated, the undefeated prospect prior going in, he's seventeen and zero going in. Fights Antonio DeMarco from a world title challenge, who we haven't seen for about two years. And again, the same thing. DeMarco hit him with like one shot, and then the referee was just all over it. And the weird thing was Ramirez's corner didn't really remonstrate that much, but I was like, he's just hit him with one shot. Like he's winning the fight. He was well ahead on the fight. Mm. But he gets caught with one shot, and if he just went right, okay, stopping it. It's weird, weird, weird weekend of stoppages. Weird as well to watch Leo Santa Cruz fighting in front of nobody. Yeah, there was know, nobody exactly. in. Weird show though, because we talked about it last week, and we're like, okay, so we're going to be in 
uh, we're going to be in Brooklyn first, and then we're going to go over to California. Other way around. But obviously, it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a Saturday afternoon show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was, it was it, I like them shows. I think they look awesome. I don't know whether it's kind of like a Mexican thing that they yeah. do it in an afternoon. You always like. It always seems to be the Mexicans that have these early shows. Yeah, yeah. Under a natural light, weird seeing a commentary team under umbrellas, shadowing from the sun and stuff. But uh, but there was nobody in. Exactly, there was no one there. I was like, hey, wait a minute, fucking, it's in California. It's basically a card packed with Mexican talent. Mm. You know, two world title fights involving Mexicans and then an undercard littered with Mexican talent. Where is everyone? Mm. Like, where is everyone in this crowd? And even when he got, as you say, even by the time Santa Cruz got in, I was still like, it's half empty. Mm. There's no one there. Strange. And then obviously on the same card, Abner Mares was fighting against uh, the geezer from uh, the shower. The shower. Yeah, <laughs> Andres yeah. Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, tough again, kid. another uh, empty arena. We, yeah, he is a tough kid. Yeah. Absolutely a tough kid. How tough would that shower? That shower must have been fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that shower to knock his teeth out, that man of steel that kept yeah, yeah. coming at Mares. To, that shower must be good. That, that, mm. that shower is still ranked number two in the world, I reckon. This one was stopped on a cut in the 10th. Bad cut. Yeah, really bad cut. And I thought it was a good stoppage. It was a safe stoppage. Could have probably been stopped earlier, to mm. be honest. Um, but there's no point in either of those two fights. No. Abner Mares should have been fighting Leo Santa Cruz. That's mm. it. Why Why were we having Avalos in there? Why were we having uh, Andres Gutierrez in there? There was no point in it because no. um, Santa Cruz and Abner Mares have already agreed to fight next March. Yeah. Fuck it. You just, I, don't, I don't get it. It was, was kind of like, like watching, um, you know, Real Madrid... Prior to Real Madrid Barcelona Champions League final, it was like getting them go. Okay, okay, tell you what, play, you play uh, Man United who you beat in the group stages, and you play you know fucking whoever, and and before you fight have this final, you know it, was, it made no sense. It mm. made no sense whatsoever, and they, they both went exactly how you expected them to go. Mm. You know, Gutierrez gave Meres a couple of rounds. Okay, Avalos probably lasted a bit longer than we all expected him to, but still. You know, both stopped. It. The good thing was, it was a weekend of amazing stoppages. No, absolutely. The thing that... A penny for Carl Frampton's thoughts on this, right? Because it delays him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because I've no doubt he's ch- he's chasing one of these lads. What about Scott Quigg? Scott Quigg's in a WBA title eliminator. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, what, what? so those boys are chasing one of these two. So they've kind of just delayed this whole process by an extra six months when it didn't yeah. need to necessarily be done. Exactly. Because either Frampton or Quigg could be fighting one of these in March. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what should have happened. Mm. So Scott Quigg goes in. Obviously, Frampton's having his return to Belfast, but obviously he's literally one phone call away from fighting one of these two. You know, Santa Probably Cruz Santa is still Cruz, the yeah. number one in the world. Yeah. So obviously he's got aspirations of fighting Santa Cruz and becoming number one in the world again. But, you know, Scott Quigg is actually going into a WBA final eliminator in his next fight. Mm. But... To actually see that through, he's gonna to have to sit on the he's gonna to have to sit on the sidelines for at least six months after that fight. Mm. So he wins that fight. He sits on the sidelines, what, waiting for Manners versus Santa Cruz to sort themselves out. And then maybe Frampton jumps back in the mix anyway. Mm. Such a weird situation. I, and to be honest, it looked like it backfired to me, watching it, because there was no one there. I don't know whether Mexican fight fans too went, We ain't going to that. What the fuck am I gonna to go to that for? You're gonna fight each other in the new year. Mm. I'd rather go to that. Mm. That's what that's what, so, okay, we'll make it an afternoon show then to try and get bodies in. Didn't work. Mm. It looked bad on TV. Mm. Speaking about looking bad on TV, I'm going to slag it off, even though I bigged him up last week. If we flip over to New York on that uh, same night, yep. uh, Eris Lara was fighting Terrell uh, Geisha, right? Now, don't get me wrong, it was a masterclass. For those purists that love a bit of boxing, you know what we think about Cubans. Yes, they can box and they look brilliant at it. They don't get hit, they hit. Yep. Okay but it doesn't make good telly. It just no. doesn't. This is why we have this attitude towards Guillermo Rigonda. He's brilliant, yeah. but it just doesn't make good TV. It doesn't make me fall in love with him. Lara's that type of character. He needs someone like Canelo, for example, to fight against, yeah. to, for me to go, wow, yeah, Lara, brilliant. But when he's fighting someone like Terrell Geshe, who's not really up to his standard, no. it's very pedestrian. It's very, oh, I'm waiting for you. Right. Oh, right, you're throwing a punch, Dan. Lara does one or two on the back foot, constantly on yeah. the back foot. There's no real engagement. It's like Rigondo, isn't it? It's like watching Rigondo. It's exactly like watching Rigondo. Don't get me wrong, it's brilliant. And I'm not slagging it, him off technically, but from a fight fan's point of view of entertainment, it's just no, not there. Ain't no one's favourite fighter, is he? Let's be honest. No, no, ain't no. no one's favourite fighter. Mm. Even his mother doesn't like watching him. Pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring. It is boring, <laughs> isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, luckily on that... See his wife at ringside, though. Woo! She was a smoke show. <laughs> she was a smoke show. Should have just kept it on air. Exactly. Give us yeah, updates yeah. in between rounds. Give us updates <laughs> of what is going on in the fight because we know exactly what was going to be panning out. Yeah. And luckily, 
uh, for everybody that did go to that card in Brooklyn. That was the main event. Lara was the main yeah. event, and he, luckily before it, well, people were booing. Weren't they weren't they during that fight? They were actually chanting, "This is boring." <laughs> this is boring. Well, luckily because for them, you've just been treated to two beauties. Yeah, exactly. To two yeah, to real two, beauties. To two crackers. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's go to the knockout first, right? Because oh. we bigged this up last week. We've been big fans of the Charlo twins doing what they've been doing. Yeah. Highlight real knockout stuff. Another one on the card. A weird one. Yeah, if I'm honest, yeah. just I didn't. Even How many see times the, did you watch the replay? Yeah, I didn't even see the shot land, <laughs> and, and I've watched the replay in slow motion, and I've still not seen the shot land. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Isn't it? But he absolutely folded him in half oh, with whatever he did to him. He folded yeah. him in half, didn't he? Well, when we were previewing this fight last week, you know, honestly, I I had to bite me lip because I was literally so close to saying. I'm tipping Lubin to win by knockout. Well, everybody was you know, talking. Really he's the, he's Lubin the hammer. To do he's the, the hammer. Job, he's you know? coming up. He's knocking kids out. He's yeah. the hot prospect. Was it a bit too early? Just because he's he kind of, on a global scale, he's gone under the radar because he never went to the Olympics. But if he'd have gone to them at the Olympic Games that he was teed up for, I think it was Beijing or whatever, um, he was like America's big gold medal hope. And there was a big stink that he turned pro before the Olympics and they were gutted because mm. they actually thought they were going to get a gold medal. So I was like secretly, been secretly kind of following his career, waiting for this opportunity. I was so close to saying it. Had it been any other super welterweight in the world except Charlo, I'd have probably tipped Lubin and had gone public on it and gone, he's going to win this, he'll win by knockout. But... Charlo is like the fucking highlight reel of the of the super welterweight division. He is the like middleweight. I actually thought reel. he was losing the round, you know. Me too. Yeah, I thought Lubin yeah. looked big. He yeah. looked nice. Just he nice and sharp. Banging like. that jab out, yeah. and I thought to myself, all confident, right. Lubin's here. Confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just slightly overstretched on one of those jabs, and obviously the the mix of southpaw and orthodox just yeah, yeah. landed perfectly. Oh, unreal. So I I, I literally when the, when it happened. I stopped it, replayed it, stopped it, replayed it, stopped it, replayed it. And I still couldn't see it. And no. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And then the commentary team on Sky, it was Paul Smith and uh, what's his name? The young lad. And he was saying, it's not a punch that lands, it's the forearm. And I was like, wow, a forearm knocked him out. And I was like, wait a minute, can't... the forearm could have knocked him out because it kind of slapped down his face. It must have been his bicep on the top of his head, like the weight of his body on the top of his head as it's him like on the crown. And knocked him out. I was like, "Fucking hell, that's such a weak." Because he he'd gone, he folded him, didn't he? Yeah. I think Paul Smith said in the commentary he could count to twenty, he'd still be on the deck. But then later on on the broadcast, they showed you a different angle, and it was the angle you needed to see. And as that right hand come down, it was an uppercut, and it actually did. The right fist went right across his chin. Yeah, yeah. Just sliced across his jawline, but, but from and a, laid him out. It were. For those, it wasn't like an orthodox one, was it? it? It was actually on the other side of his chin. If you if you look at the way that these set up with um, orthodox fighter fighting a southpaw, there was loads of that, by the way. It was a weekend filled yeah. with orthodox versus southpaw. You would automatically think that a shot like that would land on the other on the other side of his face, but he's yeah. come on the inside. Yeah, exactly. He's hit him on the inside and landed it like downwards in a way, hasn't it? And Even like though it's say, an uppercut, yeah, fucking such a weird shot, but. He's but that's, that's folded just, him in half, mate. He's, he's got dynamite in both hands. Talk about the hammer. Jesus Christ. That Charlo, Charlo boy can absolutely mm. bang. And then what I did like afterwards is that he even said, I'll fight Lara. I'll fight him. If that's the fight you want to make, I'll fight him. Because apparently he doesn't train with Lara no more. No. He's got a different His trainer, brother does. But his brother still does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ronnie Shields. Yeah. Lara, um, I would say, is the best at 154. Yeah. Charlo is the most dangerous. Yeah, definitely. After yeah. watching that at the weekend, I mean, his last two or three now have just been highlight real knockouts, mate. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The finisher. That's what the you, guy. What did you make of Jarrett Heard's performance? I think he's well, been... well, Austin Trout was great. Yeah. Let's, let's get that out of the way. For the veterans, put that kind of effort in. Yeah. Unbelievable. And he was, for me... The fight was great. He was two rounds away from winning the fight. He was ahead on my scorecard. I, yeah. I, I think the judges had him... Had, uh, head ahead. I didn't. I had chunked no. ahead. I thought he started really strongly, got on his bike, was nice and busy. Mm. But all the way through, you thought, fucking hell, mate, you've set some pace here. Are you going to be able to keep it going? With Head, oh, sorry, I asked you. Go on, you tell me what you're doing. He's buttoned straight in. Oh, so, to, so Trout started really, really well. <laughs> no, he did. He did start really, really well. But I thought he gassed a little bit around yeah, about yeah. four ish. Um, Heard, I got excited actually watching this, right? Because obviously we've got a pal that's in this division mm -hmm. in Liam Smith. And I know he's fighting Liam Williams and that will be a great fight. Yeah. But I thought to myself, Hurd's really beatable. Really, really beatable. He's quite obvious with what he does. Yeah. Um, he, 
I don't think he has. This is going to sound really weird, but he doesn't have much ring craft. He's very. I'm coming. I'm just going to keep coming forward. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm just going to keep coming forward, which made Trout look really, really good for periods in that fight. Yeah. But he is big. Yeah. And he, in effect, bullied his way back into that fight because he was big and he was prepared to keep walking through. I don't think Trout had enough juice to hurt him. Yeah. Which didn't put him off at any point, did it? Really. So the question is, was he? Did he did he take those tactics because he knew if he made because that big high guard guard walking him down he's three, you know he's lost the first three rounds but I was like fucking hell this guy's so confident in his own ability he's literally using himself as a punch bag he's yeah. walking down Austin Trout forcing him on the back foot making him work 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 but he's got that lovely big high guard and he's basically forcing Austin Trout to punch himself out yeah. and then he's going to detonate a big shot. Round four, no big shot. Round five, no big shot. Round six, no big shot. I was like, wait a minute. Are you just walking him down to exhaust, literally to exhaust him and then hoping to push him over? Because at no point did he kind of go, okay, I've got you where I want you to get you. Now I'm just going to go bang with yeah. my big shot. It just didn't come. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, going into the tent, you could see Trout was exhausted at this point. But I was thinking, fuck, if, if Trout was 10 years younger, you know, he'd, he'd have won this easy because he'd still have the fitness to get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you you got to start. That's why I think to myself because I know I'll, that's yeah, why yeah. I think I know Beefy's fit. I know Liam Williams. Liam Williams. Is fit. You just think well, they'd be they all right. Ahead, they'd be fine. They keep going. The question is, did he take these tactics because it was Austin Trout? Yeah, because maybe. he's so old. Because he'd been out the ring for a while, and he's just thought, you know what? I'm just going to make you exhaust yourself, and then I'm going to take you out of there. Mm. Would he fight differently against a much younger fighter? I don't know. Maybe that's something we've got to see. But I'm like you. I was like, fucking hell, mate. You're you're wide open. You out, out of all the all day. out of all the champs that we saw at the weekend, yeah. he's for me the most vulnerable. The, yeah, absolutely, the yeah, one that yeah. you could probably get at. Yeah. And a lot of people, I know that you've just mentioned there that Charlo might fight Lara. Yeah. But I think a lot of people off the back of it were talking maybe Charlo and Herd going in. I think and if that is yeah. the case, I think Charlo takes him out. Yeah. Well, I think they've been having loads of. Bad Back and forwards, haven't they? Like, I think they've been having a bit of verbal mm. warfare in the run-up to this fight, even though they both had other opponents. They were having to go at each other. I know Lubin obviously captured a lot of headlines because of his trash talk too. But I think the head Charlo seems to be the most natural fight to me. But, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, money talks and you just got to try and get in the mix. I think I think any of these guys, to be honest with you, would fight Miguel Cotto if Cotto sticks around. They, they'd love that fight as well. So... Mm. Interesting. It, it it was just it was awesome to watch at the weekend. Two entire weight divisions kind of playing out the top guys in two weight divisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you could actually draw comparisons. Then, as you say, you can sit there and go, okay, if that fight happened tomorrow, nobody wants Lara because of the way he fights. Nobody wants him. He's the he's the no he's the guy and no he doesn't bring put bums on seats. Yet he's incredibly effective at what he does. But Charlo and Heard, in terms of pure entertainment, you know. <sighs> The way he carries himself, he carries himself like he's a big hitter, like he's a big yeah, finisher. Yeah, yeah. And his record suggests he's a big hitter, but I didn't see any of that at the weekend against mm. Trout. Mm. One guy that is a, a big hitter, and he proved that in the World Boxing Super Series, is of course George Groves. Um, all eyes were on Wembley Arena at the weekend because this was the fight, the Battle of Britain, to yep. set up the bigger Battle of Britain. Um, I'm going to take my hat off to Jamie Cox, right? Because I genuinely thought that Jamie Cox would just get smashed around, uh, smashed around the gaff. Now I know he's unfeated, and I know he's had a fantastic, um, he's got fantastic pedigree coming up. Yeah. But I just thought super middleweight would be too big for him because he's a ge- he's a geezer that should be, in my opinion, at 154 pounds. That's where he made his trade as a young amateur, didn't he? He was coming up through there. He started his professional career there. Yeah. To jump those two weight categories after such a long period of time out. And to be taking on such an, uh, an elite performer in George Groves, the world champion, I just thought would be too much for him. But I'll tell you something, mate. Until that sickening body shot, which you're probably going to jizz all over in a minute because I know you love a body shot, he was winning the fight, mate. Yeah, I thought he was winning the fight. If you look at George Groves' face, he's marked up. Yep. You know, he was getting caught for fun. Damn straight. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think Jamie Cox was winning the fight. I think he proved a lot of doubters wrong. Um I guess he's doing 12 stone because he's got to do 12 stone. His yeah. body's filled That's out fair now and stuff. You know, it would be easy to come on and say, oh, he's, he'd be an amazing middleweight. You know, at the end of the day, he's competing at two middleweight for a reason. He's just fought for a world title and give it a fucking good go. And for me, that's the main thing here. It's like so many guys get world title shots and don't go for it. Don't pull the trigger. Try and pinch it. Try and sneak something out. You know, try and pinch a decision. Cox went in there at the weekend like, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to take, I'm going to as fit as I can, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to take the fight to George Groves. Because we were all saying it, you know, we were all going, 
is George a little bit down the hill now? Is he mm. a bit weather-worn now? He's been in a couple of wars. He's finally won his world title, but uh, is that it now? You know, it's that sense of relief. I've done it. I've achieved my career goal. I've got money in the bank. Do I really need this now? You know, oh, I'm fighting a blown-up middleweight. You know, everyone was thinking the same thing going through his mind. And I think Jamie Cox took the right tactics in regards of just went, fuck it, man. You want to pick me? Wait until you see what I'm going to bring. And for that, massive, massive respect for Jamie Cox. But... The mm. flip side of that yeah, is yeah, yeah. he walks straight into one and what a fucking shot. Beautiful. That little bolo shot to the, oh, amazing. You I love was, them, don't you? I was right in the plexus. Exactly, yeah, yeah. There was some good, I'd say, some good knockouts at the weekend, some good finishes, but that was number one for me. George Grove's body shot of Jamie Cox was just outstanding. And it was just awesome that Eubank was there and then he got him in the ring yeah. afterwards and that little, you know, they were paying each other a little bit of respect and stuff in there, but I think we all know that's going to be a, fucking gun show when it happens mm, in January. January. January is when we're all getting dead excited about uh, the semi-final of the World Boxing Series. Gotta be Super the O2, hasn't it? Gotta be the O2 in London, you would have thought. Well, this is... This, time of year. Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? For, well, first of all, it wasn't a war. It was only four rounds, right? So you'd think he is remarkable. He will be fresh. Mm-hmm. So therefore, both men have lasted near enough the exact same amount of times in yep. their quarterfinals. So you're expecting quite an even lockdown at the start of the year, which yep. is what I'm excited about. If it had come out of a war there, George, I'd have been thinking might get blown away here but i'm excited now about this fight i think it could be an absolute classic to to kick off uh 2018 he's mentioned stanford bridge right that he wants it at stanford bridge i don't think it sells out stanford bridge no it, for me and you love it for people listening to this podcast love it does the casual man on the street think oh i fancy a bit of that AJ is an anomaly. People yeah, look exactly at things right. like AJ yeah. and go, wow. It's because he did the Groves fight, though, didn't he, at Wembley as well. So I think he's, you know, the, the Frotch fight at Wembley. But that was off the back of 12,000 at Manchester. Yeah, exactly. And what happened at Manchester? Yeah, exactly. Real hatred that between two build, dudes. Of course. Don't forget, you know, it seems to be forgetting. This was on fucking ITV Boxing at Nobody box, saw box it. office, so no one really saw it, you know. Everyone's that's what everyone's been talking about in the aftermath. You know, I've been I've been trying to buzz people and going, Oh, did you see that? No. No, didn't, didn't see it. it. Oh, you know, it's on social media. All oh, right, I've seen that. I haven't seen the fight though, because I, I wasn't willing to pay ITV box office. Like, Again. Fucking hell. ITV, man, if they could have had back to back amazing performances by Eubank and Groves, and then the whole world would be talking about it. Hmm. You know, the fucking I'd, I'd seen a mate of mine had mentioned on the, the, the Times newspaper on Sunday didn't have a fucking word about it in. A sold-out Wembley Arena world title fight featuring two guys from the south, from down south as well. No excuse there. The Times didn't have a fucking paragraph in the in the newspaper on Sunday. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm. And, you know, so what, who do we blame because of that? Do we blame ITV? Do we blame World Boxing Super Series for making the wrong Bit partner? of everything, I think. I, I think everyone's to, to fault here because... It's a shame because it's brilliant. Exactly. So when there this has, fight happens... There's, there's been one shit fight. Exactly. One shit main event. And even that, the main... Even that, I will, I will stand by the fact that the atmosphere in Riga oh, in was, was unbelievable. The fight itself, but every to main watch event wasn't amazing. Every main event, for, apart from that one, yeah, has yeah. been absolutely brilliant. There's been so much to talk about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But no one's fucking seen it. You've missed, the, you've missed such an opportunity here with this ITV box office partnership. It's kind of blown up in the faces. Mm. ITV's boxing now surely must be saying to themselves, "Fuck, we've dropped the ball here. Mm. If we'd have just put it on ITV four, these these three, because they put Callum Smith on there, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they'd have put Eubank on there and Groves as well, really paint the picture of what's happening in this tournament. Now the fucking entire country would be absolutely buzzing about this fight that's going on. Don't get me wrong." Most fight fans are, because most fight fans seen it. But that's got to be a, the niche of the country's sports fans. Mm. If I guarantee, if this tournament was on Sky Sports, the fucking entire country would be talking about this right now. No, absolutely. Uh, and ITV, by the way, have confirmed that it will be pay per view. <laughs> Obviously, which we uh, expect uh, for this one. Exactly, you'd expect. Uh, that you'd expect this. it because they they could have built it up and they could have got really big numbers. I got, I haven't seen any numbers yet from what they've done on pay per view. I'm not expecting the series. But I'm not expecting massive, and I'm not even expecting massive for the semi-final, even though there will be a bit of buzz about it, mm. because they've shot themselves in the foot. If these two fights had been on terrestrial TV or ITV4, the, the semi-final would have been worth a fortune. I um, I was doing a, a programme with um, Colin Hart at the weekend. He still believes, Legend. he still believes, even though we've seen two fantastic weeks uh, for these two super middleweights, he still believes that Callum Smith will win this tournament. Good lad. 
<laughs> I knew that I met you happy. Well, I said we said beforehand, did we? You know that uh, that we believed. Well, I said beforehand. Sorry, I don't want to pull you in just in case you didn't say the same thing. But I uh, at the start I said I, I expected it to be Eubank, Callum Smith in the final, and I've seen nothing so far to make me think otherwise. Even though George Groves has now become and once again one of my favourite fighters purely because he's become a fucking absolute body snatcher. <laughs> His body, uh, you know, we need to rebrand this kid as the body snatcher. Never mind St. George, he's the mm. body snatcher now. It's a lost art, isn't it? Oh, the body shot. mate, unbelievable. There's not that many out there nowadays that go and take people out with constant body shots. Yeah. Obviously, that's what made Ricky Atten famous. Of course it is, yeah, Just exactly. constantly taking people out with body exactly. shots. You know, it's great. That, and, and Shane McGuigan's really brought this into George Groves' game. You know, it's really happening of late. I think three of his last four have been body, stop, body shot stoppers. Mm. Unbelievable, but I just think Eubank's got that, that youth, that guile, that fitness. You know, I think he's, I think with Jamie Cox, because he was out for so long and he's come up the weight divisions, he's going to be a little bit softer around the middle. There ain't nothing soft about the middle of, of Eubank Jr. The kid's a fucking Adonis. Mm. And I just think that his movement and his work rate might be a little bit done because, again, Jamie Cox was winning this fight. You know, make no mistake, he was winning this fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, at the end of the day, he knocked, he got stopped. So, you know, all credit to George Groves. But I just think it's a, it's a cracking semi-final. It's, you know, you could, you could argue it's a 50-50 fight. Did you uh, notice that Senior um, is a fight disciple now? Um, obvious, isn't it? Of course. Massive fan. Um, if you missed this on our social media last week, uh, Chris Eubanks Senior listened to the show um, and then decided to uh, spread the word of the show to his people. <laughs> Not only that, he gave time checks out of the show of when we were speaking about his son uh, and referred to us as the language of the people. That's right. Thanks, Chris. Is right, Mr. Eubank. <laughs> is right indeed. I'm going to get myself you, a mon- I'm getting myself a monocle to That's celebrate. Right. I'm getting one of those fucking big trucks. <laughs> um, Some jumpers. Um, if you want to keep up to date with us on social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Let's get stuck into some uh, boxing news because obviously this weekend we're going uh, and getting stuck into a bit of Belfast uh, where uh, the first ever unification, world unification, is taking place between uh, Ryan Burnett and Zanat Zakiyanov. We'll get into that in a minute. I just want to talk about some other things that are uh, floating around in the world of boxing. Uh, Dillian White, Robert Helenus, WBC Silver, October 28th on the undercard of Anthony Joshua. I'm really disappointed, mate. All, yeah, me too. All these names that have been flying around for Dillian White. I don't know whether it's his fault. I don't, I don't I don't. know what the situation is. I'm not excited about the Dillian White vibe at this moment in time. I need to see him in with somebody decent. He went in with AJ, he stung him in the second, and he got knocked out. That's the end of that particular story. It seems to me that the narrative is being built in order to try and get AJ Dillian White too, which I don't want to see. AJ's above that. It's too big for it. Dillian White is below him, I think, regarding levels. Um, however, I wouldn't mind seeing him in with maybe someone like Josie Parker a lot, to get him a, an opportunity for a world yeah. title because, as I've said on the show many occasions, Josie Parker, in my opinion, is the weakest of the heavyweight champions. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an opportunity there for him to become a world champion and then maybe you can bill AJ Dillian White as some type of unification, even though AJ blow him to bits again, I think. I don't think there's any point putting Dillian White in with Anthony Joshua, let's be honest. Mm. I think, I'll be honest, I've, I've seen nothing yet from Dillian White to make me believe he's anything more than European level. Well, we said that we thought a year ago, Chisora beat him. Chisora did beat him, I believe, yeah. To be honest, that's the only fight I want to see Dillian White in. I think he's got to fight Chisora again. It's amazing no that it's not happened. point of him fighting Hellenius or any of these other fucking you know, Eastern European guys. They can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to get him in with Hellenius to make him number one contender for the WBC. To get him in with Bronze Bomber. I mean, with the bronze bomber, yeah, because obviously what Eddie wants to do is console all the heavyweight champions of the world, not just one, and then he can make super fights then and make and earn from both sides of the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I get it, you know, it's it, it makes sense, but I think you know, does Hellenius get him closer to a world title shot? Potentially, is Hellenius any better than a rematch with Derek Chisora? I don't believe no. so. I'd, I'd rather see him fight Derek Chisora again. But obviously, for me, Dillian White's obviously running from the Chisora fight. I think Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn's not daft. He knows fans would pay to see that fight. Mm. He's obviously he signed wants him. it. He signed fucking Derek Chisora to make that fight happen. Yet it's not happening. So Dillian White's obviously the one that's running away from that fight, trying to call out a world title fight that he doesn't deserve. Mm. If he beats Hellenius, does he deserve a shot at the bronze bomber? 
I don't know, maybe the WBC will agree. Right now, it's not like they've got anybody else to choose from. Mm. So it's a, there's a very small pile. But in terms of AJ, no, I'm, I'm just surprised that Dillian White hasn't got the Parker fight. I thought that was going to be... Mm. Once Once Bellew was confirmed with Hay 2, I thought, well, that's Joe Parker's obviously going to fight Dillian White then. Mm. So this fight obviously leaves Joe Parker out in the cold. Mm. Joe Parker's... You know, unless Joe Parker's team are negotiating with potentially with Wilder for the future fights, I don't know. It's It'll weird. be Bellew here, part two winner of that, Joseph Parker. I, I hope so. Mm. I hope so. Um, Errol Spence, Lamont Peterson, uh, they've confirmed it, but they haven't confirmed a date or uh, venue or anything like that. Yeah, great fight. I, I think that's Lamont a great... Peterson deserves it. Yeah, is that a unification fight as well? I think it's a great fight. That January thirteenth is the date that he's been muted. Yeah, so a wonderful way to start off uh, the new year. Errol uh, Spence Jr. We saw him obviously at Bramall Lane against. Uh, uh, Kel and he was magnificent. Lamont's been around the block a little bit and he's got himself back in that mix of late with yeah. the short shorts. You love him because he wears the short shorts. Classic, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Well, he, you know, last time out, it, people didn't think he, he was did, brilliant. But he, he won a version of the world title again. I think he's WBA champion now. So is that a unification fight? He's bringing his WBA and Errol Spence bringing his IBF, I guess. To the best of my knowledge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing's been confirmed as of date venue and obviously what it's for, but they've agreed uh, in principle to uh, to get that on. Uh, do you want some Jeff Horn watch? Oh, yes. Because because it's, hey, mate, listen, Gary Corcoran is still, it's still all still being reported in uh, Australia, but this is an even, this is a little cherry on top of our cake, right? Because as I told you last week, there was an opportunity that this was going to happen on December the 16th, yeah? Yeah. Which then obviously blows our plans out of the water of seeing Jeff do his thing because we need to be back for Bellew Hay on December the 17th. They're moving it to a Wednesday. That's what they're reporting in uh, Australia because of the way that this is funded through the Australian government. Yeah. They want to do this on a Wednesday, December the 13th. So we could get there yeah, and get back get in time. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with that. Jeff Owen, Gary Corcoran. That's um, so weird. They're only reporting it in uh, Australia, though, at the moment. Nothing over here. Because no one gives a fuck about the fight, that's why. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Even Gary Corcoran's town doesn't even give a fuck about the fight, unfortunately. Uh, Tyson Fury's been back on social media. I'm sure you've picked up uh, this um, over the last seven days. He's told everybody that he's going to be fighting three times in 2018. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Tyson. Has he ever fought three times in a year? In his, in his entire professional career, has he ever fought three times? I love him, though. Tyson Fury, three Crazy. times in 2018, yeah. He's like the, he, 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 for me, he's become like a, he's like the George St. Pierre is in UFC. Talks about making his comeback, never does. Mm. Um, Mikey Garcia, Robert Easter, December 16th, uh, for a un- lovely little bit of unification, um, which then maybe sets up Linares Flanagan. Yep. And then the winner of... It's like two semi-finals, and then the winner of that for yeah. all the marbles yeah. at the start of the new year. Maybe March of the, of the new year. What do you reckon? I think it's, it's a great fight. Great fight for Robert Easter, but I'm I'm a bit gutted, to be honest. I wanted Lenares. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a little bit gutted as well. But the more I analyse it, this could be brilliant for Terry Flanagan. Because yeah. he's the geezer with the other belt. Lenares, obviously, has got a little bit of a reputation in Manchester. It makes perfect sense. Spend the money, Frank. Spend the money. Get him over. I'll come and watch it. Even if I don't want to watch Terry Flanagan, I'll come over and watch Jorge Linares again without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, definitely. And then set up, obviously, the winner of that for the winner of uh, Mikey Garcia against Robert Easter Jr. That'll be cracking. Um, What do you make of this news regarding Miguel Cotto? Because we've been speaking about him a lot of late. He's finishing his career on December the 2nd um, and he's taking on Saddam Ali, uh, the Yemeni-American. I'm a little bit gutted, but then I think to myself, Cotter's had such a wonderful career, you deserve to do what the heck you want, mate. Go yeah. out and do whatever you want. Can I just point out that Saddam Ali, um, they are fighting for his WBO belt, by the way, so he's not vacated oh, that. Right, okay. So they're fighting for his WBO um, super welterweight belt at £154. Saddam Ali is not ranked by the WBO at £154. <laughs> Neither is he ranked um, by the WBO at £147. <laughs> it's just a pure... Voluntary. Just we'll have that one. Guy. We'll have that one because I'm going out with a. I'm going out with a bang. Is basically yeah. uh, where it's at. It's basically Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can it's you imagine? Basically, if it gets the done? ultimate upset when it happens. Oh, so. mate, telling you. Yeah. I kind of. Well, he's I'm, not I'm, a bad kid. He's quite well schooled. He doesn't deserve this shot. Obviously, it's uh, it's landed on a plate for him. But you can't begrudge Cotto. No, he can do what he wants. He's had some wars. He's been with the best. The wars he's had. Yeah, exactly. Do what you want, Miguel. Enjoy it. Um, there's a rumour knocking about. When I say rumour, I've been speaking to somebody that we know. 
So it's not a rumour then? Well, it is a rumour. It is a rumour because nothing is confirmed at this moment okay. in time, but conversations are going on. Did you see the chat between um, Selby and Frampton on social media? Yeah. Where Frampton says, I don't know who you've been speaking to if you think that a fight's been offered to me because I've not been offered a fight. It's not, it's, it's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. Get your people to speak to my people. We can do a bit of business. Yeah. Quig, Selby. Yeah. Um, for early 2018 is what I'm being told. Class. I think that's a great fight. After watching that fight at the weekend... Well, this is what you... I was, I was holding it back from yeah, when you were okay, talking yeah, about yeah, earlier yeah. on in the show, you see. Because Quig is fighting... I think it's in Monaco, is Monaco it? it is. But it's a w, It's a final eliminator for the WBA belt. Yeah. That's why I was trying to get it earlier. I was like, what the fuck is... You know, this W... You've got the WBA champion and WBA super champion who fought, both fought at the weekend. Yeah. Mares and Santa Cruz, who are now going to fight each other. What's the point of Scott Quig fighting in the final eliminator for the WBA belt when it's fucking not even going to be there waiting for him? Mm. But, as you say, he's going to circumnavigate that, you believe, and think he's going to get the Selby fight. That's what I'm being told, yeah. That's an amazing fight. To be honest, when I was when I was watching the boxing at the weekend, I was like, I would really like to see Abner Mares against Selby. I think Mares selby makes for a fucking absolute belter of a yeah, fight. Yeah, really good fight. Just yeah. stylistically, the two of them are fucking so talented. Mm-hmm. But... I want to see Scott Quigg 2.0 against Lee Selby, against uh, Selby as well, because right? I think that's a fucking belter of a fight. Selby needs a big fight now. He needs a big name. You know, how good is he, the Welsh-Mexican? We're never going to know if he keeps going like this. He needs either a Frampton, he needs a Santa Cruz, he needs a Mares, or he needs a Scott Quigg to really define his career. Mm. Amazing. Um, Lewis Ritson has signed for Matchroom. We're not surprised. We <laughs> no spoke, surprise there. We yeah. spoke about him on last week's show. Eddie, yeah. thank you very much for listening. We know you listen, brother. Yeah. And obviously you've taken our tip. The lad that's not getting any publicity in his hometown of Newcastle put on a great performance. He's now British champion. Yep. Eddie goes, uh, come here, sunshine. We can make a few quid here. Um, because he's got heavy hands as that boy, like yep. I said. And he's technically brilliant as well. Uh, looking forward to seeing him. Anyone not signed to a big promoter out there, what an amazing lesson that is. Get on a show. Get yourself a number one contender status get in a fight do the business and get snapped up easy have you seen who's uh, who's started talking about maybe fighting him our mate Masha oh, has he yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense it's a great fight I started chucking his name yeah, around yeah. yeah fancy it let's that, do it do you know what I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that fight Masha against Ritson I'd like to see that fight yeah mm. yeah definitely yeah I think Masha's there to be hit Ritson had fancied that fight but I think Masha's also got that element that everyone finds out when they get in with Sean Dodd and that's he looks shit but when you get in there he's fucking very effective yeah he is yeah. Um, finally I know that they were talking about this as a, a voluntary situation but now the WBO have made David Lemieux Billy Joe Saunders mandatory Get it on, baby. Get it on. That's a fight, isn't it? He yeah. needs it. BJS needs it. He's desperate for it. He's desperate, you know, and uh, it, but it'll be a big test now of, of where Frank is and BT Sport are in terms of whether they can afford to bring Lamo over because he sells tickets or whether this fight ends up in Canada. Mm. So I guess that's going to go to purse bids now unless Frank can do a deal beforehand. Mm. But I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Billy Joe had to hit the road there, which is not ideal. Not in Canada. Defending a world title in Canada, yeah. No. Uh, this weekend, let's fast forward to uh, a fantastic card in Belfast. Nick won't be joining me in Belfast because he's decided to go and hang out with his scouse mate from our UFC show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to Gdansk, mainly because I told him about a strippers that is in the middle of Gdansk. Mm-hmm. Um, of which he wants to obviously frequent once uh, Darren Till knocks out Cowboy Cerrone. If you've no idea what we're talking about, listen to our show on Thursday because we've got a special UFC uh, breakdown show on UFC Gdansk. Murder on Gdansk floor. Murder on Gdansk floor. It's coming your way uh, on a Thursday. So Nick's going to be out there for that. I'm going to be in Belfast. Uh, for Ryan Burnett versus Zanet Zakianov. Unbelievable. Do you know just, let, me, let me just say, unbelievable you. You're unbelievable. Go on, carry on. You know, if you want to get it off your chest, get it off your chest. Because I've done another program. No, 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 no. That's not where I'm going. That's 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 just is that is what it is these days. You know, at the end of the day, we're in this marriage together, but we both know we're cheating behind each other's back. (laughs) And let's just say no more on the subject. What the point I'm trying to make is, your fucking prospect of the year is out this weekend in the biggest fight of his career. Mm. Yet you're jetting off to sunny Belfast. Yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Do you want to lay that out? Do you want to apologise to young Jack? He's been on the show now. Listen, I'm going. I'm going to be watching Jack via screen. (laughs) <laughs> whilst I'm out in Belfast listen I follow the money mate if people want to send us out to send us out of Belfast if anyone wants to get involved and send us to Belfast we'll go to Belfast that's yeah. what we'll do okay 
I'll get to Jack later let's, on in okay. the show. Let's talk about Belfast then. Jack's, got, Jack's in an easy fight, so yeah, he doesn't yeah. need my support this pillow weekend. Pillow-fisted. Yeah, he's, he's taking on pillow-fists, isn't he? <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but Zant Zakiyanov, um, obviously defending his WBA crown against uh, the IBF champion in the bantamweight division, yep. um, Ryan Burnett, who we've all fallen in love with of late. Um, it's a fantastic unification. First time there's ever been a unification in Belfast. It's going to be absolutely bouncing, that gaff. Yeah. Absolutely bouncing. And it's a great fight. Don't underestimate Zanet. He is Don't tough. underestimate him. He's going to fucking stop it. He's not. He will. He's not. He will. He's not. I'll tell you now, I would put money on ZZ winning this fight. However, mm. I believe it's going to be tough for him purely because it's in Belfast and the atmosphere will be insane. I think if this fight happens anywhere outside of Belfast... I would go big on ZZ winning this fight and probably win it by nah, nah, as nah. well. Nah, listen, I'm contractually obliged to obviously back <laughs> Ryan Burnett. <laughs> you, you know how it works. <laughs> so you can say whatever you want, okay, all right? Yeah. The shadow of Eddie Hearn looms over this show now, doesn't it? You know that as soon as I stop, as soon as this show is released, Eddie will be on the phone going, what the fuck are you talking about? Is that Zekiano for? <laughs> Um, I think Ryan Burnett um, yeah, no in, his, shit, in his yeah. hometown will no outbox shit. and outwork uh, Zanet yeah. Zakianov. Um, <clears throat> but it's a great fight. It's a great matchup. And do you know what I will say about this? Fair play to Ryan Burnett. He, yeah. could, he could have had a nice, easy stroll out yep. this weekend. A nice coming out fight in Belfast. Fans would have come out for him. They'd have, they love him to bits. Yeah. Um, but he's decided, no, man, let's do something really, really big. Let's take a little bit of a risk. And you are right in what you're saying. All right. I'm going to admit it. It's a tough one, this. It's a real risk because ZZ, ZZ surprised everybody in this yep. particular division. He's come from nowhere, really. Ricky's got him in unbelievable shape yep. and he's got him fighting. Very similar to Ricky. I mean, this is a kid. We exactly. talked about body snatches before, exactly. weren't we? This is a kid that snatches the body. Yes, sir. So it's going to be interesting to see how Ricky's tactics against Adam Booth's tactics mm-hmm. gel at the weekend. I think we could have a potential fight of the year, you know. I'll be Give, a, throwing the atmosphere on top of I, it. I think because it's in Belfast, you'll get something special out of Ryan Burnett. Don't be surprised if if Burnett has to be pulled to save himself, save his own skinnier. I think this can can quickly escalate into a into a war, and that's what ZZ will be looking for as well. For me, Burnett, I've got to be honest, I don't think he's beaten anyone. I, I think he's got he's got a, he's got a weak record at this at, at the top level. Yes, he's he's a world champion. You know, he, he did one thing that no one can has been able to do, and that was beat Lee Haskins. But let's remember, mm. Lee Haskins fought most of that fight with one arm. Mm. He was fucking one armed in that fight against mm. Burnett. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, anyone anyone could have beat Lee Haskins on that night. And prior to that fight. I don't know. I just don't think we've seen Burnett at the real top. I just think this is a big step up in class. Mm. ZZ, this is no shit now. This is no nowhere to hide. Like I think it's uh, it's shit a bus now. We're going to see what Ryan, what Burnett is truly all about this weekend. I'd love to see you next week eating a humble pie. Going fuck me, that kid's a superstar. Belfast was amazing. What a performance. But I've just got this feeling. I, I can see ZZ walking him down, beating him up. And, and I'm forcing a stoppage. I'm also dead excited on the undercard. His uh, stablemate, Pretty Boy Kelly's on there. Oh, yes. We've seen okay, him in the flesh no. a couple of times, Pretty Boy, and he can fight this Poetry lad. Poetry emotion, this it? kid. Oh, my God. Really looking forward to that, mate. You want to see what warm chocolate looks like in a boxing <laughs> ring? Check out Josh <laughs> Kelly, man. Jesus, the kid's got talent. And then my boy's on the undercard as well. The machine himself, Anthony Fowler. Yeah, he is. Um... Hasn't put a foot wrong yet so far in his pro career. This is his fourth fight. Looking mm. for his fourth stoppage. Get ready, Belfast. Do you know who I'm, uh, I'm flying out with? Do you know who I'm hanging out Obviously, you ditched me to go hang out with Till and all his mates, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to show off a little bit now, yeah? yeah you so go. you're going out to Poland with Till, full team. You're in the dress. You're giving it the big balls, right? Yeah. You, you think you're a big man this weekend, don't you? <laughs> I'll be getting tons on, the, on social media, no doubt, as you will if you follow us on social media at Fight Disciples uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Me and Crawler. Nice. Lads are going out there, you know what I mean? Happy I've got myself days. a new whistle, me and Crawler. Happy days. Having a little bit of a fly out from Manchester, a little Love bit it. of a chill. He were on the TV at the weekend, I'll tell you something. Crawler's money grabbing at the moment, that bugger. <laughs> right? Because he were on the TV at the weekend for World Boxing Super Series. Mm-hmm. We've given him a ring, do you fancy coming out to and doing some co-coms on the, uh, the fighting? Oh, yeah, lads, no worries. No sweat. He's obviously just had a ding-dong, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's relaxing now for Christmas, he's exactly. Crawler. He's getting his coin in for Christmas, that's exactly. what he's doing. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll be hanging out with uh, Ant. 
Um, uh, and maybe a little bit of a Sherbet down Belfast town, you know what I mean? Happy days. Yeah, yeah. Take I'll take your wallet. Well, I'll take him to the strippers in uh, in Belfast. You take DT down to uh, the strippers in Gdansk. We'll do a little bit of FaceTime live. Instagram live, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instagram live. So make sure you, uh, you, you tune into our card. Uh, you did mention um, our, my boy, my namesake, uh, Jack being in uh, action this weekend in a, in a real... I still love brilliant. you, Jack. I still love you, mate. mate. I'm still a big supporter Jack. of you, Jack. I have not turned my back on you. Jack, you know that I would be there if Frank was paying me to be there, right? You know that that would be there. But, you know, Eddie's, Eddie's just got deeper pockets and I'm, that's where I'm at. But Jack, Tyrone Nurse this weekend. For people that are familiar with both of these guys, it doesn't need selling. Nope. Because we have been on this show on several occasions talking about Tyrone of him being a beautiful boxer to watch. Really beautiful. He's slick. He's in and out. He's just keeps a lot of stuff at range. But I've questioned whether he does have the juice. Does he have the juice to stop kids? And that's where, in my opinion, he's fallen short um, on, a, on a couple of occasions. And yes, okay, I've referred to him as pillow fists. One guy that doesn't have pillow fists because his surname's Catterall is my boy Jack, my prospect of uh, 2017. A fantastic opportunity for him to really lay a mark down in this weight division. A great opportunity as well with it being on uh, BT and Box Nation. Yep. Get out there, sunshine. Smash this kid up and then get on the microphone and start calling some kids out. Yeah? Yeah. It's a decent opportunity for him anyway. It's definitely got the venue, you know, first direct arena in Leeds. You know, it's gonna be a there's gonna be a big crowd in it's there. It's a good obviously. card, man. Josh Warrington pulls in big numbers. Um I think it's a great fight for Jack, obviously, at this stage in his career and needs to move forward. Tyron Nurse just seems to be treading water with this belt a little bit, you know, and uh I think Jack after his performance last time out, we were ringside, of course, when he stopped Geffen. He looked great. That's the best he's ever looked. I think if he can keep the momentum going into this fight, I think I think you're right. I think he can hurt Tyron mm. this. And uh, I actually don't if, I don't expect to see a stoppage. I think I'm expecting Capital to win on points, and he might even have to come from behind. I, I think he will have Nurse, to come from behind. Yeah. I think he'll get outboxed early doors. Yeah, but I think eventually he'll get to Nurse and he'll start hating him, mm. and he'll realise that Tyron Nurse hasn't got the kind of power to be to be too scared about, and he'll start letting bombs go. But it's a tough fight for Jack, you know. It's a good step up this for him. Like I think I, I like it. It's it's a good fight. It's very good. I can't wait to watch it. But uh, I think I think your boy should be all right here. Regarding the main event, Josh Warrington, this is his first rollout. We uh, uh, with Frank. He sells yeah. a ticket for fun. We know that he's well loved in Leeds. It will be booming. It will be bouncing. I was very surprised because of those things that I've just said that he would left Match Room and he left Eddie. Uh, but obviously things weren't right there. He's yep. now got himself a new promoter, a new TV platform. It's a wonderful opportunity for him because he needs a big performance here and then to kick on. Because I think the reason why he is no longer with Matchroom is because of maybe a world title opportunity never really came his way. So now there's an opportunity. Frank has to put his hand in his pocket maybe because he knows he, he, he'll recoup it in, yeah. in Leeds. Um, yeah, but the problem is who'd you put him in with? Mm. You know, he's in a featherweight division that we've just been rapping about for most of this show. That's alive. And really I, good guys. And I did slag, as well. And I did slag Bunsey off for comparing uh, Josh Warrington. Oh, sorry. He said that Josh Warrington will get in with Gary Russell Jr. and do a number on him. Jesus Christ. There isn't, for me, a champion in that no. in that division that Josh Warrington beats. No, there isn't, unfortunately. And in, to be honest, there isn't a champion in this weight division that Josh Warrington could even fucking spar with. You mm. know, I've got to I've got to be totally honest. I think he's got it's all about levels this game and it's all about timing and his timing just couldn't be any worse. You know, he's he's done it incredibly to build up his record. I think he's 25 and 0 now Warrington. He's got an amazing fan base. It's brilliant. It's, Lovely lad as it well. It smells like Ricky Hatton all over again. And I think that's why he's gone with Frank, you know. It's like you do to me what what you did with Ricky Hatton in Manchester and Frank's like yeah lapping it up the problem is we were able to get Ricky for a long time a WBU belt and protect him and, and keep the numbers going and then when he was ready he was stepped up the difference was Ricky had heavy hands as well he could stop people Josh doesn't have that in his locker and the problem is where's the belt the WBU doesn't exist anymore as far as I know so what belt does he pick up along the way when all the belts are tied into your Santa Cruz your Gary Russell Juniors your Abner Mares, your Lee Selby's your, and then you've got Quig and Frampton and None of those guys above him in, the, in in my personal rankings of this weight class. Josh Warrington struggles against every single one of them. Mm. That's the problem. He hasn't got that punch. He hasn't got that punch to scare people, to put people on the back foot. Yes, he's a cracking little boxer. Really nice and busy. Sells a ticket. Amazing. The problem Frank's got now is how the fuck do you get a belt around this kid's waist and, and keep it there? Mm. That's the problem. 
Um, if you are going out this weekend, going to uh, take in some of the fights, whether it's Belfast, you're going out to Gdansk for a bit of UFC, or maybe you're up in Leeds uh, for a little bit of Josh Warrington, you're going to need yourself some new togs. That's what you're going to need. Uh, get yourself on our clothing uh, partners website, luke1977.com. There's a discount code of 15% for you. FDLR15. They've got some quality stuff on there. Go and have a little bit of a nosy and get yourself kitted up, not only for this weekend, but for Christmas as well. Um, when are you going out to uh, Polski? Friday, I think I was trying to Oh, are you doing an extra day, are you? I'm only going out Saturday. You're going out for a full weekend. You've blagged a full one. I was going to go Thursday, to be honest. I wanted to get out there on Thursday. Somebody's earned his tokens with the missus. And and soak it all in. But uh, the missus had a night out big for Friday as well. A girl's night out. Unlucky kid. Yeah, she's had to cancel. Unlucky. This this is work. She messaged me this morning, actually, and said, uh, you know, the, the, the... it's weird when Jane's nice, it worries me because that's just not the way she's her makeup is, you know. She likes to keep you on the back foot. Uh, I call her Alsa from Frozen because that's what she's like, a frozen wife with a frozen heart. <laughs> she keeps me on my toes. So anyway, today I'm on the studio. She sends me a little message, screenshot, local cinema bios, one of those old like restored Victorian places. Yeah. They've got a special on. In the build up to Christmas, they've got a special night of Christmas films in the build up. Oh nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she messaged me and goes, Fancy this, date night. Oh, now, she's taking a piss a little bit because I always say top three Christmas films of all time, which I'm sure will come on to later in the year. It's a bit early now for the mm-hmm. this. But anyway, Die Hard's on there. Of course it is, yeah. Christmas film, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. She always argues. He wears, it, he wears a Father Christmas hat. Exactly. It's, and it's snowing. Exactly. What more do you want? And so she messaged me going, ha ha, should we have a date night to this? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, there you go. See, Christmas film, definitely. Okay, I'll book, I'll book us tickets now then. Date night, brilliant. Great. Then I get to the car and thought, fuck. What date is it? It's not this Friday, is it? No. It's December. It's miles away, yeah? It's not December 17th. December 16th. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, love. <laughs> I'm in London that weekend. Um, just to let you know, I know you've bought the tickets. Shit. But uh, I'll be with Tony Bell, you and David Hay in <laughs> London that weekend, babe. Sorry. She doesn't even like Die Hard. Nasty. You know, she'd gone the extra mile Nasty. as well. Like, oh, I'll break it to her later in the year. Yeah, good good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, make sure you subscribe to our podcast uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. There's loads of content coming your way this week. We've got our uh, uh, Merseyside show available for you tomorrow. We'll be talking about uh, Tash and obviously getting stuck yeah. into a lot of Darren Till stuff as so well. So Belfast and Poland and our, our young man Foz is in Leeds. So he's going to keep us abreast. Oh, of, we got of, everything. Of, so we've well, got you well covered this week. got weekend, it all yeah. covered up. So make sure you subscribe and get all this content for you. Uh, all right. At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.